Alright, welcome back to the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. I am Ernesto Sanchez, I'm here with John Downing, and we're here to give you a quick roundup of This Week in Sports. How you doing? I'm good. I'm excited for tonight's Game 3. Yeah, it's really going to tell a lot about the series going forward. Um, I think this is kind of the uh, linchpin of the series so far. No, I agree. I, I mean, the way that it's looked so far, I mean, but then again, it looked very similar in round one for the Hurricanes when they were down to the Washington Capitals and they lost 6 nothing in game two, and then they go back to Carolina. But we got to remember, Carolina's 5-0 and at home in their, you know, their the storm, this storm surge arena. So I do think that this Bruins team is a veteran, heavy influenced by veterans, and it, I was listening to... Bergeron and David Krejci had a press press conference earlier today, and they just sound like they get that. They understand that, you know, they're not going to buy into their own hype too much. Or get ahead of themselves. Or get ahead of themselves like a young team would. They understand that there's a big difference between being up 3-0 in the series or 2-1 and the other team gets momentum at home. So I think that they understand that, and I think no matter what, you know, and and the other thing is I heard Eddie Olchek, one of the commentators, on a radio today and he was saying they need to weather the storm and this is a comment i liked from uh, coach cassidy last week about the bruins he said going into columbus for game six he said we don't want to just weather the storm that's what most teams say we want to mm-hmm. create the storm oh i like that that was a good one that's good so. well we'll get back into that series when we get to hockey um let's get into our 26s um I was actually able to guess your 26 you uh, when it. I walked in today. I was a little surprised. I wasn't sure how familiar you were with my guy. Not terribly familiar, but I, I he came up on everything that I was researching, so I figured Wade Boggs would be your dude. And he is. All right. So uh, Wade Anthony Boggs, born June 15th, 1958, um, former professional third baseman, spent his 18-year baseball career mostly with the Boston Red Sox. So when I was growing up in the 80s, and you know, I mentioned before when we did 21, Roger Clemens was to me like Tom Brady is to me now, not quite on that level, but you know, Clemens was for me, went Clemens, Pedro Martinez, Tom Brady. But Wade Boggs was one of those guys on those early 80s Red Sox team that really influenced or steered me towards liking the Red Sox. I didn't love him, and part of the reason was because he wasn't a huge home run hitter. But the guy could hit. I mean, the guy had more doubles than anyone. The guy was just a doubles machine, and he always batted well over 300, and he was an all-star every year. You know, you always heard about his, uh, his chicken stories, his affair with Margot, uh, whatever her name is, Margot Robbie? Margot Robbie, does that sound right? Margot Robbie is like a young, hot actress now. No, then it wasn't that. <laughs> it's like she was, uh, she was in Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly who that is. Um, there's someone named Margot or something yeah, that, he, that he had an affair with back in the day, and that was a big story when he was with the Red Sox. But then later in his career, it was apparent that he wasn't going to win a World Series with the Red Sox. He gets traded to the Yankees, uh, wins a World Series with the Yankees in 1996, and you got to have the vision of him riding around Yankee Stadium on the horse with winning the World Series. So that was a hard one to take, and that kind of knocked Wade Boggs down a, a notch on the pedestal for me. What do you got? Uh, it is... Margot Adams. Margot Adams. All right, so it was close. <laughs> <laughs> the Wade Boggs affair, that's right. Okay, and he always had chicken before every single game. Fried chicken, chicken, whatever. He was a big chicken guy. I remember <laughs> that. Um, so Boggs finished his career with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, where he achieved his 3,000th hit. Um, he's 33rd on the list of career leaders for batting average among Major League Baseball players with a minimum of 1,000 plate appearances. Um, and he has the highest ranking of those still alive. Wade Boggs was elected to the Red Sox Hall of Fame in 2004. So he's got his number up on the right field wall there at Fenway, number 26. And he was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2005. So his first MLB debut was April 10th, 1982. One of his claims to fame was that he was part of the longest baseball, professional baseball game ever played. When he was with Pawtucket in 1981, they played a 33-inning baseball game. Fuck and that. He was in it, along with ex-Red Sox fellow teammate, second baseman Marty Barrett. Um, so you may get, you may remember that if you're as old as me. He was a 12-time All-Star, like I said, World Series champ in 96, 
two-time Gold Glover, eight-time Silver Slugger Award, five-time AL Batting Champion, and he has a career batting average of 328 and finished with 3,010 hits. Wade Boggs, my 26. All right, that's awesome. I um, I think I had a Wade Boggs bobblehead. Um, Red Sox, some... Rays, or Yankees? Um, was it Paw Sox? Is that was that a thing? Well, he yeah, he, was, he played on the Paw Sox feel, when he was in the longest game ever. Yeah, I feel like it was a Paw Sox. I don't know why or how I had that. Well, it would be you know, and it would be because of the longest game ever, probably a thing. You know. Yeah. All right. Um. So my twenty sixth, pretty obvious. Love Bell. Yeah, definitely going with the <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. Your favorite. Oh my God! If Your I favorite ne- new Jet. If I never have to hear the name Le'Veon Bell again. I think the show's had enough of Le'Veon Bell. We've talked more about <laughs> Le'Veon Bell than I think we have any other person. I've had my bell rung. Yeah. It's, it's enough. No, I'm going to go with uh, Roderick Kevin Woodson. Rod Woodson played for 17 seasons, predominantly with the Steelers, uh, but he also uh, won the Super Bowl with the Ravens uh, against the Giants. Uh, and he also played for the 49ers. And uh, the Raiders, and then of course he coached for the Raiders after that. But uh, number 26, he holds the NFL record for fumble recoveries at 32 uh, by a defensive player. And interceptions returned for touchdowns, and that's, could I wager a guess what that might be? Nine? Twelve. Twelve, okay. Uh, He was named NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 1993, and his 71 career interceptions are... Good for third most in NFL history. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer. Um, Super Bowl champion, 11-time Pro Bowler, 6-time first-team All-Pro, 2-time uh, second-team All-Pro, uh, AFC Player of the Year, also in 93, 2-time NFL Interceptions Leader in 99 and 2002, 2-time uh, first-team All-American, 3-time first-team All-Big Ten, did he play cornerback and then safety later on? In his yeah, career? he finished off at safety. I right. mean, okay. which makes sense no, because he could see the lot. yeah you could see the game unfold behind you, but you or in front of you, but you just don't have the wheels yeah. to do anything about it. Hall of Famer, like I said, college football Hall of Famer as well. Uh, one thousand forty nine tackles, seventy one interceptions, and seventeen touchdowns. One of those players, kind of like the gold standard uh, going forward for cornerbacks. Uh, at least in in my mind. Oh, he stood out on the field for sure. Yeah, and he was um he was an impact player. Also hard to come by on defense. I feel like you know I was born in 1988, so anybody who was on the Steelers in '93, '94, '95, like that was kind of my introduction to sports mm-hmm. was caring about those teams and you know learning those players. Um, so twenty six. Right. Yeah, no, he was he was a stud. Okay, where are we going? It from? was Deion Sanders, and then it was Rod Woodson. You know, kind of one, you know, one two yeah. in the NFL as far as cornerbacks back then. I feel like though Deion Sanders had he was a little bit of a Swiss Army knife too, though. You know, you could use him in so many different who, ways. Who was Deion Sanders? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, he would you know play offensive snaps and return and yeah but D- uh, Dion was the main guy and but Woodson was right there too he was really really good on defense you know just it, when there's generational impact players come along you know who they are and he's one of them yeah who um is Dion Sanders still around is he i know he had that reality tv show about 7 or 8 years well, back and i haven't seen anything from oh, him yeah, since yeah if you watch NFL network he's all over the place but um apparently NFL network I don't know why they're doing this. In their 100th season of the NFL, they're doing a lot of cutbacks on NFL shows this year. So his show, which not only aired on NFL Network, it also aired on ABC on Sunday nights after all the games around midnight. Um, it was uh, 21 and Prime, which is a really good show. It was um, LaDainian Tomlinson and Deion Sanders. You know, Deion Sanders is the main centerpiece of the show. But, you know, they would recap all the games from the day. Uh, I thought that was a fantastic show. So it was syndicated. And now they're cutting back there. So that show's gone now, uh, along with some other shows, um, like um, The Turning Point they're getting rid of. And then there's another show that the NFL Network canceled as well. It's disappointing. You know, you'd think they'd want to keep their, their shows, but they're cut, cutting back, so that's too bad. All right, well, so before we get into it today, I, w- I want to bring something up uh, since we're on the subject of football. There's been a lot of talk around Pittsburgh about Ben's new contract 
Um, I believe it's something like $63 million over the next two years. He's still got one year left on his deal, so it puts him about three years out. And he it makes him the third highest paid quarterback in the league at this time. Now, of course... Even even the um, the most dedicated Yenzer can agree he's not going to be the third best quarterback in the league this year. You know, he's still mm-hmm. really good. You know, if he can stay healthy, he can stay in the top 10, I think, best quarterbacks. But especially losing big weapons, um, like, I mean, we didn't have Lev Bell for the last year as well. But losing Antonio Brown, I think, is going to hurt some of... No matter some... what you think of him, yeah. Right, exactly. It that is production's gonna... gone. Exactly. Although, you know, I feel pretty good about Dante Moncrief and um, his name's escaping me, but our second round pick, um, I've heard a lot of good things about him. Deontay Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. Man, it's tough to get all these guys' names. Yeah, they're, they're in, all... I am in baseball, football, hockey mode. I'm baseball, basketball, and hockey mode, not football mode right now. Dante so. and yeah. Deontay. Like, yeah. ah, fuck. At any rate, um, there's talk around Pittsburgh. Like, you know, we look over to Tom Brady, and Tom Brady gives the team-friendly discount. He was just on Kimmel last week, too. Did you see that? Right. And and he says, you know, well, my, my wife makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I, you know. I like his statement afterwards. What's that? Where he goes, it's a salary cap game, mm-hmm. you know, and the less I take, the more it gives for the rest of the team right. to be built around me right. to be good. He's like, and I'm prefer that way however new england patriots have a contract with tb12 and there are players and the team pouring money into tb12 tb12 tom brady's the ceo he is yeah oh wow there's a picture of tom brady on felger and maz (laughs) how surprising (laughs) well they don't know they don't like i mean they don't like brady they like especially maz he likes jimmy garoppolo Oh, well, that's uh, that ship has long yes. sailed. Yeah, not for him. <laughs> Anyways, he is he is recouping some of that money. I mean, he's easily making at he least did. a bit it's of fine. that back. But and when it I, comes to the salary cap, I mean. But how, how long? I mean, that is a pretty good work of the system there in the loopholes. And it's completely legal. However, I think that if other. He always took less money, even before the TV 12. He always took less money. Always. They are compensating him in other ways, though, yeah. now. And, you know, do you think that maybe you could see this around the league where they start setting up these shell companies and having... Nope. Look at how much Russell Wilson just got paid. No, because there's supposed to be the expanded revenue um, with the gambling thing, money coming in. And Russell Wilson and his agent were well aware of the bump that the league is going to get financially and what their teams are going to get financially. And he said, I want my piece. And I'm going to set a deadline, which was April 15th, and you're either going to pay me or I'm going to opt out and I'll be a free agent. And you know what happened? On that date, they paid him the richest contract in NFL history. So he's got a four-year, what two, almost $200 million contract coming to him. So... Good for Russell Wilson for recognizing the landscape and taking it. Um, you think that's also part of Ben's new contract as well? The, Maybe. The gambling money coming in? And... Maybe. But yeah, Tom's always taking less. Well, again, Giselle's raking it in. Even before Giselle, though. Oh, the, you know, what was that? Ten years ago they, they got married? So, you know, was it Michelle Monaghan before then that he was dating? How do you fuck up being Mrs. Tom Brady? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> John's yeah. like it wouldn't happen to me. Wouldn't happen to me. You'd you'd fondle the balls. You'd swallow the gravy. Whatever is needed. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever is needed. Yeah. One of the things that Felger is so mad about is that Tom Brady's not going to show up to passing camp in a couple weeks again this year. Because of all the young guys. Himself. He's like, yeah. He's like, how can he not do this again? You know. He's like, it's not going to matter because they're going to win the the Super Bowl again. Just like he didn't show up for passing camp last year and it didn't matter. And now this year it won't matter again. But you would think that he would show up to passing camp, but. I just think that the Patriots have the belief that he's Tom Brady. You know, he's the once in a lifetime, once in a lifetime, all of our lifetimes player. And he works harder than most people on a day to day basis. And he'll be ready and show up when 
when he when he's ready to because they, they Josh McDaniels the offensive coordinator just talked on Friday and he's like I have no idea when he's going to show and frankly that's none of my business and they were like how is that none of your business <laughs> that should be your business literally like in... that is your business yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I just think it's Tom Brady and it's a different we're dealing with a different animal at this point six rings I mean no one's yeah, ever seen doing? this animal what do you do there all right uh, moving along to NBA. NBA. It's the ping pong ball night. We got yes. ping pong ping pong balls tonight. <laughs> I can't do that, but yep. <laughs> so the NBA landscape will change tonight. And I for one am excited about it as you know the Warriors go are heading towards their, you know, fourth ring coming, their third in a row. Um, they're in the final four. Their conference finals in the West starts tonight against Portland. Uh, Durant's injured, and we know that most likely it seems like Durant is headed toward the Knicks. Um, I think on Colin Coward's show today, he said that that's 100% done deal. It's happening. He's been texted by NBA players that know it's happening. So, so it seems like Durant is he's hurt, obviously. So, but the Warriors are still good enough without 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 him, which is ridiculous. But you got to think they won 73 games a couple of years ago. And they've won champ. They won a championship before Durant got there. They I, haven't needed Durant, so now that he's hurt, everyone, even including myself, was like, "Oh boy, this changes things." But it doesn't. It doesn't. Didn't change a damn thing. Steph Curry just stepped up and he scored thirty three points in the second half in Game Six the other night, and they closed out the Rockets in Houston. This was Harden's big opportunity to to change the landscape of the league and to make a big step, a big one giant leap for Harden and mankind and eliminate the Warriors, and so he didn't do it. It seems like Harden's kind of always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just, he just can't get over the hump. And even the game before, the game that Durant got hurt in, Game 5 in Golden State, it was a close game. Durant goes out in the third quarter, and then in the fourth quarter... Harden goes 10 minutes with with barely even touching the ball and without getting a shot up in the fourth quarter. So in like 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, he scores, and then he didn't score another point until like there were like 30 seconds to go in the game, and it was a free throw, and the game was decided at that point. The Warriors had already were going to win that game. So it's like, where do you go? This is is what you do. You are the Houston Rockets, Harden. Like, you are the Rockets, so you can't disappear for the fourth quarter because – like no player almost ever in NBA history, you account for what the offense is on your team. How can you disappear like that, Harden? But he did. Was he not shooting? Yeah. He just The ball was going to every other place but him. He wasn't taking the shots. It was the most bizarre thing. It's like, I guess you just don't want it that bad. <laughs> right? <clears throat> I guess so. I mean, that's what the tape is saying. So... Yeah. So I, and then so and that when they lost that game, that gave me little confidence that Houston would hold serve in Game Six. But I still thought they would because they had the home court advantage, and you know the rest of the team usually steps up. The the role players usually step up at home in the NBA and support you. And you know you, you, your best players should have a good game. But Curry was just amazing in the second half, and he took over and he ended the series right there. Wow. So, anyway, getting back to the big picture talk here about the landscape changing. What is the, if I can just interject real quick, what's the benefit of having the draft before your championship? Oh, they're not. Over? It's just the ping pong balls tonight. It's the lottery tonight. No, right. That's not, why Why do the draft lottery now? Why not do Because it the later draft in- is like, is it is June 26th, I think, which is li- literally like a week after the NBA Finals D- ends. Don't most. So I think most of the teams are eliminated and we just want to like get this going, you know? Most. Um, I don't know. That's my excuse. Isn't it true that in most sports, the draft lottery happens like the week after the championship? I don't know. Because the draft lottery isn't as, as important in other sports. Because in NBA, one player can change so much, as, right. we, as we know. Well, I, I would... Um, it definitely doesn't matter as much in football because that's such... You know, they're t- 22 and more. They don't even have the lottery in football. It's just you go by it as you finish. Right, well, because you got to avoid the tanking mm. in, in sports like hockey and... Basketball. Uh, basketball. Basketball especially. Yeah, that's why the it's different this year as far as the odds go. You know, the three worst teams only have a 14.7% chance of winning the lottery this year 
as in opposed to years past, it was tiered, and it was something like on just under 30% for first pick, just under 20% for second, and like 15% for third pick. Um, now that and what was happening but in the years past was teams were intentionally tanking, you know. Um, yeah, look at the Pittsburgh Penguins in in 1983 tanking for Mario Lemieux. Did that really happen? Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Big time. And then and then you know, 20 plus year, 21, 22 years later, tanking for Sidney Crosby. Did that happen too? Yeah, big time. See, I, I, that's the thing. I don't follow hockey as closely, as closely, so I'm not as aware of it happening there. And there's no ping pong balls in. And you'd the, think Edmonton and all their high picks, they'd be tanking, but they actually just <laughs> they just perpetually suck. They just can't get it together. <laughs> wow. Well, and you know, like, so what was that? The Colts did it for Peyton Manning. Well, they didn't. No, they didn't intentionally do it for Peyton Manning. Maybe they did a little bit, but they did for Andrew, towards the An- end. Andrew Luck. They definitely tanked mm-hmm. for Andrew Luck the year Peyton Manning was hurt because they knew Manning was out the door. So they were like, oh, let's suck for luck. <laughs> that was the thing. Suck for luck. <laughs> and they did, and they got him. He's a good player, but I wouldn't say he's landscape changing in the NFL. You know, I wouldn't say he's a... Andrew Luck. He's, Andrew, f- he's good. He's, I feel he's, like he's never been healthy enough for long enough to be that guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's got all the, all the talent and potential in the world, and... You you know I listen to a lot of Pat McAfee's show and he's got nothing but great things to say about Andrew Luck and the way you know yeah and he's and that guy's been around a lot of pros you know Adam Vinatieri and and well, he uh, played with Andrew Luck yeah so and yeah and also uh, Peyton Manning as well so yep. you know he's it, it everything that I hear is that you know he's he's got all of the tools there and all of the talent and and the work ethic and the brains and the whole package. Uh, he's just got a little bit of Mr. Glass syndrome and, yeah. and can't stay on the field. Yes. Well, and I also heard that that shoulder injury that he suffered a couple of years ago stemmed from a snowboarding accident. What? No. No. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, Brady's doing cliff dives, so I mean, anything <laughs> yeah, but could it's happen. Tom, it's fucking Tom Brady. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so let's wrap this back up. So... The number one pick tonight, or the number one pick in the draft next month, is going to be Zion Williamson. I mean, we've talked about him on the show before. He is one of those seems like generational landscape type changing players. He's like a, the LeBron James, Kevin Durant, the next type of guy to come in the league and dominate for the next ten plus years. And every NBA team obviously wants him, but the the odds have changed. Um, Everyone seems to think that the Knicks have the best chance tonight of winning the lottery, but they don't. It's tied with a couple other teams. The Bulls and the Suns have a 14. They all three of them have a 14.7% chance of winning the, the number one pick. And if the Knicks get them, they've announced today, or it's come out today, that they are going to try to trade Zion Williamson in, in a deal to get Anthony Davis. And that... So with, as a Celtics fan, I don't want the Knicks to win the lottery tonight because you're still in the hunt for Anthony Davis. Because I, I mean, I want the Celtics to do whatever. Dan, you know what? For me as a Celtics fan, I am on the whatever Danny Ainge thinks is best for the team plan. I don't know what I want. I don't. I thought I wanted Kyrie. I don't know if I do. Maybe I do. I don't know if I want Anthony Davis. If Danny, I wouldn't want Kyrie the way he's been talking. Doesn't seem like it. But I also don't want to be irrelevant in the NBA, and you need stars to be relevant in the NBA. Do you know what I mean? So if they have Kyrie and Anthony Davis on the team next year to go with some other nice pieces, maybe they're maybe they're right there. I don't know. Whatever Danny thinks is best. I'm just going to trust in Danny. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. I'm putting my trust in Danny, whatever he thinks. Um, but yes, Kyrie has been, if nothing, just insufferable to deal with this year. On and off the court, you know, this guy. He's like guy, your Antonio Brown. Unbelievable. Without and the production. wait until the playoffs and you'll see what I'm all about. And then he puts up an ultimate tank job and just 19 sucked. 19 for 63. Sucked so bad in those last three games. And then you're looking around the league and you, you know what to expect from Harden. Harden does the same thing every year, falling up short, being the bridesmaid. But as far as the rest of the league, you look at guys like Damian Lillard, you know, propelling the Portland Blazers to the conference semifinals. You look at Curry up upping his game when Durant goes up, uh, goes out. You look at Kawhi Leonard the other day um, advancing the Toronto Raptors um, on the first ever Game 7 winning shot in NBA history to go in. And, you know, just you just look at 
the Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks, these guys are all elevating their games in the most crucial times. And Kyrie says he was going to do that, and he went the complete other way. And for that's frustrating as a fan, knowing that the star, this the NBA is a league about the stars, and the stars run the league, and your star came up short of what he even usually does. So he's already on his way to New, New York. York, anyways. I think I think you're absolutely right. So there was some talk from LeBron's whipping boy, um, Brian Windhorst, the ESPN reporter, saying the other day that he thought the door was open for Kyrie to go join LeBron. And I think that's just Windhorst doing the bidding for LeBron James, as he usually does, because there was a report that came out from Stephen A. Smith yesterday saying that he talked to one of Kyrie's family members. He got a text from him saying that I was absolutely not happening. So kill that report. He's going to New York. So they're saying Kyrie's going to New York. Durant's going to New York. And the Knicks fans think they're getting the number one pick tonight How to, the, to, to okay, get Zion Williamson. Okay, so if you got those guys coming in, why wouldn't you want Zion? Because they want that the three veteran, talented players who like who are in their prime: the the Durant, the Kyrie, LeBron, and is, Anthony sorry. Davis. They want all three of them in their prime, ready to go, and not have to nurse a young kid along. You know, I feel like might be good to have him. Might be good to have a little young blood, a little a little spunk, some new ideas. And then having... The athleticism of them, too, is just off the charts. Right. I mean, you see it all the time in hockey where it just keeps getting younger and more skilled. For sure. And, you know, it, <laughs> I tell you, I was moving a lot faster at, uh, at 21, 22 years old yep. than I am now. Less random injuries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know... Yeah, so this guy's so athletic. He, this guy's so athletic. He's busting out of fucking sneakers. <laughs> I know. Like, crazy. do you know how strong you have to be to bust out of your Nikes? To blast, <laughs> to blast your Nikes apart at the seams. Like, holy fucking shit! Yeah, that guy. He's a force. He'll be fun to watch at the next level. I, it's just, yeah, I don't want him to end up. I mean, I obvi- oh, that would that- obviously you don't want him in New York. But if he ended up in a place like Chicago or something. That might be okay because to, you know, reignite the Chicago franchise, you know, watch him somewhere that's not irrelevant and watch him play on a nightly basis, that'll be fun. I don't want to have to hate the guy because he plays on a team I absolutely hate, which would be the Knicks with Durant, Kyrie, and that, that would, would be, be just like, I can't watch this. That would be so the Knicks, though, to to trade away a Zion Williams who becomes Williamson. a legendary player. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the next the next LeBron for next Anthony Michael. Davis who's always failed to live up to his promise or or as at least team-wise he's failed to live up to doing anything special for his team. He's put up great stats stats for himself, but he hasn't elevated his team. Also, that's that's fantasy culture though. That's the sports landscape we're living in where you have guys like Antonio Brown who care about their stats. Yeah. Self, yeah, taking care of the self. That's what it's all about. All right. So, yeah, so we got the semifinals starting tonight. We got Blazers at the Warriors. No Durant for tonight. He's already been ruled out. Durant is most likely out for game two, Kerr announced yesterday. And there has been a lot of trash talking between, uh, well, Durant and McCollum. So, McCollum went on Durant's show last year and he said. You guys ain't winning shit. Which, you know, to say that face-to-face, player-to-player, and now they're meeting up in the Western Conference Finals makes for a pretty interesting series. Are they meeting up, though? I mean, well, how, maybe, bad is, how bad is this injury? It's bad. It's, it he's looks not, bad. He's, he's not even moving around. He, he's not even doing anything. Not in a boot? Nothing. A, anything on-court on related. He's, he's not even doing that. So, um, if the Warriors go up 2 nothing, which is very possible because the first two games are, in, are at Oracle in Golden State... Warriors go up two nothing. Then he pro- he probably sits out game three. If they go up three games to one, he probably doesn't play in the series. And All right. So we'll let me say. let me ask a question. How does let me ask a question about basketball? Does it work kind of like hockey does, where if you are injured, you are completely out of what do you got there? We got the ping pong balls. Oh my god. <laughs> Were you completely out of what? <laughs> <laughs> Is it like if you're injured, you're not? touching media you're not doing anything you might as well not exist other than reports of you either showing up to practice kind of but it's not like that not totally like that like i feel like in hockey that's just how it is and Durant can still speak to people but it is kind of like that because the reports that we're getting are from coach kerr 
Mm. All right. He's the one that basically everyone's dealing with on the the injury front right now. Out with a lower body injury? Well, (laughs) out with the calf. They're calling it the calf, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it'll be interesting because, you know, Lillard and McCollum kind of have something to prove here, and they've gone through a lot. And I'm really rooting for the Blazers here. You know, just they're up against a formidable foe in the Warriors, so... Mm -hmm. We'll see. You know, in the East we got the uh, Raptors against the Bucks, so we're gonna have a new a new team in the East here. Great. No LeBron in the East anymore, so we're gonna get either Giannis or Kawhi in the finals here. So. Well, we all know what's gonna happen. The uh, the Raptors are gonna win it. Then Drake's gonna show up to the finals and uh, mush him. So. Mush him, yeah. He didn't mush him in Game Seven though. Surprisingly. <laughs> Maybe me- the curse is lifted. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, so just to correct myself on the odds for the ping pong balls here tonight. For the number one pick in the 2019 NBA draft, the chances of winning the number one pick are New York, Cleveland, and Phoenix all have 14% chance of winning. Chicago, who I mentioned earlier, is having a similar chance. They have a 12.5% chance, just to be completely accurate. And then Atlanta has a 10.5% chance. Now, and this, as the Celtics perspective here, how does it relate to the Celtics? Mm-hmm. You'll know right away. Um, the, so this Sacramento pick belongs to Boston this year, unless it's the number one pick. If it's the number one, if Sacramento gets the number one pick, it goes to Philadelphia. And that's from the Tatum deal. From the Tatum deal, correct. All right. So you'll know right away because the first card that's going to get turned over will most likely be Sacramento's, and then you'll know the Celtics didn't. Then, you know, they're going to stay there at pick 14. Okay. And if it's somebody else, say it's Miami, Charlotte, or the Lakers, the first card that comes off the board, then, okay, then the pressure's on. Because then you know that Sacramento pick, the Celtics pick, will have jumped into the top four. If their card isn't the first one turned over, Mm -hmm. then that pick jumps into the top four. So the Celtics will either have four, three, or two. Or, worst case scenario, it goes to Philadelphia. They get the one pick, and it goes to Philadelphia. In that case, the Celtics get the Philly's second pick this year, which would be number 24. That would be the nightmare scenario. So you'll know, we'll know right away if there's going to be some drama. Lots of drama in the ping pong balls tonight. Lots of drama in the ping pong balls. So we'll find out 8.30 on ESPN NBA Draft Lottery right before the Warriors and uh, Blazers game. Okay, cool. Well, heading into hockey, I guess. Um, We got our clip of the week coming up. Brad Marchand. Uh, Happy birthday to Brad on Sunday. Yeah, whatever. Turn 30. Fuck that guy. Gronk turned 30 today. Happy birthday to Gronk. Awesome. Awesome. I got 69 cents from an old lady at the, um, like, as change from the old lady at the coffee shop today. And she's like, your change is 69 cents. And I just went, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mrs. Gronk. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So enjoy our clip of the week. Great. Yeah, yeah. Care to elaborate? Nope. Would you guys be here without the way he's played? Do you think? No. How much energy can you guys play off of whenever he's making stops like that? A lot. Did uh, the trooper look dented to you? (laughs) Obviously not. (laughs) Why the short answers, Brad? Next. How good does it feel? Uh, it's been a while since you guys have been in the conference finals. How good does it feel to do that? It's good. Where'd you get that out? China. China. What was the difference going between down 2 1 in the series to winning the last three? We won. When 2 is playing the way he is, how much does that help you guys at the time in terms of what you're doing? Yeah, what time? Do you uh, have a bet on how few words you're going to say in this? Maybe. <laughs> What's been able to separate the way you guys have played on the road in the playoffs? I don't know. Anybody say anything interesting to you in the handshake line? Nope. Is this one of the more solid professional wins that you've had in the postseason? Not really, but it's a good one. What do you think about Carolina? Pretty good. Will you be happy to get a rest? Yes. Happening out here with Cannon tonight? Yes. You feeling a little crispy tonight? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Just because. Thanks, 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 Jim Brad. You said after the third game of the series, there's 
no panic in the room. What can you say about the way your group handled the next three games and ultimately advancing to the conference final? We did a good job. You know, Tuka Rask was saying, this core isn't getting any younger. What do you make of the opportunity that lies ahead of you? It's been fun. So I see where this is going here. I'll ask you one more about your line. It got back together. You had said the chances over there were just starting to bury it these last few games. What kind of zone are you three in? We're good. Thanks. Well, that was worth it, Jim. Yeah. Well, that was worth it, Jim. Well, I feel like he was a dick and asked a fucked up question after game one when they were talking about the skate of uh, the skate blade and Marshan and Atkinson were going at it in overtime. And I thought it was an inappropriate question that he asked Marshan, so this was Marshan's before, response. Before, before the game? After game one. After game... Okay, so first of all... Maybe Mar it was before game two. I don't it know. It was before game two, and... Brad Marshawn was, was, was joking about it after game one, saying that they were trying to dull his blades with his stick. The joke was already out there. Yeah. And also, it's Brad Marshawn. Like, this guy's fucking licking people in the face. That was okay? last year. Yeah, but still. You can... <laughs> I mean, you can ask him. It's not like he is a stoic guy who's not skating around fucking off and pissing people off. He got Justin off. Williams going the other day. You yeah, you sure did. You're the captain. Go sit in the box. Yeah, that was horseshit. And and that's another thing that we're getting a little off track here. But people like me who fucking hate Brad Marchand, that is exactly why. Because he was the perpetrator of that whole thing. Yes, and was. Justin Williams didn't didn't even do anything to him. He just grabbed him and was like, hey. Then he took his chin strap off. Yeah, okay, whatever. Hmm. He was like, you're being a fucking asshole. Ugh. God, he's he sucks so bad. So, anyways, this the you know this uh, he's actually kind of like the up and coming thing in Canada, like big uh, big sports net guy, Kyle something something or the other. Oh, really? Yeah, but anyways, like the whole Canadian media is in an uproar about this. I yeah, you know oh. because they're they're hating on their guy. But they're sensitive. They, they are a little sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Marshawn's Canadian. He should apologize. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Oh God, he's such a fucking asshole. And the, the the biggest problem I have with him is he is so good. Yeah. He's so good. Hundred points this year. He is so good. He doesn't need to be like this. He chooses to be like this. I think it's just like, part of some, what makes him gives him his edge. I guess. I, that's I don't know. that's some people's game. You know, like yeah, right. like it uh, some people. Tom Wilson, perfect example. Like I don't think Tom Wilson is the same player if he is not. I just think knocking people's heads off and and doing dirty shit. That Brad, it's always been part of his game. One of Christina's boyfriends was a professional hockey player in Latvia, but he played against Brad years ago, and he said he's always been this way, and it's just part of who makes him who he is. And yeah, he's good, but it's part of what gives him his edge or something. I, I don't know, but you you would think he could lose it after being a hundred point scorer in the NHL, but. He doesn't. If Matt Cook can stop being a dickhead, so can he. Did Matt Cook ever stop being a dickhead? I don't remember him. Not yeah, he stopped. Dickhead. He stopped maiming people. Okay. All right. Well, let's <laughs> get into the, the series. So <laughs> obviously the Bruins are up two games to none against Carolina Hurricanes right now. We got Game Three rolling tonight. Um, I do expect a big bounce back from Carolina. What do you think? I think the first period is going to mean everything. I think if the Bruins score in the first period, Hurricanes are DOA dead on arrival. I, I texted you after game one. I said, this shit is over. I'm calling it Bruins in five. And that was being generous to the Hurricanes. What I can really see happening here, and I'm going to put on my Nostradamus hat and look into my crystal ball, but I'm calling it now. I've been saying this is 2013 all over again. I think they're going to sweep the Hurricanes. I think Tuca is going to be fantastic in these next two games. He's going to put it all out there. He's going to spend it all. And then you guys are going to get spanked by the Sharks in the, in the final Come round. Come on. I know. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now because you guys are going to have too Ooh. much rest. Yep. The Sharks Blues are going to go seven games. It's going to be competitive. Eric Carlson is continues to... To be good, but he's a minus any... four on the ice. He's the he is the worst player plus minus on the. He on just the takes a lot of here. he just takes a lot of chances. Yeah, but Burns, I don't like Burns. Eventually, it's going to go in. Burns has has fifty four minutes than any other yeah, player in this playoffs. Ice. 
They're just so talented, that team. But they did lose last night, and the series is tied 1-1. I was surprised because they're up 2-0. Couture scores two goals in two minutes to tie it up in the second period last night. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Sharks are going to take this one. And the Blues end up pulling it out 4-2 to tie up the series. And I'm like, nice. Joey Pavs is unbelievable, isn't he? Joey Couture. Couture's up to 13 goals in the playoffs. 13. We're in the conference finals. That's crazy. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. The whole Sharks team is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Between the puck moving defenseman, the only thing that's not unbelievable is Martin Jones, but he's okay. But he's been he's been okay. He's been great. I wouldn't say he's been great. He's been okay. He has been. That's the thing. His do, second round performance was was good. But that's the thing about the Sharks, which I kind of like, is that they'll allow it. You can score against them. They'll allow it. They'll give it up. Mm-hmm. The Blues, I'm not so sure about. Although they got that counter punch, though. Yeah, they do. They do. But the blue, but the Blues, I, I don't know. The Blues seem a little. Tougher on defense with Petrangelo and Bowmeister. They, they got more two-way guys. guys. Yeah. I don't know who I want. I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself here as a Bruins fan, and I don't want to do that. But right wow, now, this, it just, the it sweep looks, is a lock. It looks like a mismatch right now. The, I mean, there's so much time and space for the Bruins to operate against Carolina compared to the last series against Columbus. It's, it's night and day watching mm-hmm. them, these games. It's like, holy cow. It's like that, that series against Columbus was so difficult and so hard to get anything going anywhere on the ice. Well, that and was at the, most of the series. That was the I Barry felt, Trot system. And I felt like Columbus looked like the better team a lot of the time in the series mm-hmm. until the end when they finally got scoring against Bobrovsky. And, yeah, and Bob, was Bob stopping just everything. let it go, yeah. Um, but in this series against Carolina, it's like, do they play defense? I mean, because <laughs> Johansson the other day in game two, he had like time to order a sandwich and you know, and then he passed it, and then he shot it. You know, he just had so much time; it's unbelievable. And I'm surprised. And I think we're going to get a goalie change tonight. I think Morazic's going to be out, and I think it's going to be McElhenney Mac- Mac- tonight, 35 year old. They Curtis were a McElhaney. tandem all year. I mean, they were getting it done together. Um, and I don't think Morazic has been right since that that groin injury he doesn't look slow on his feet but something he's taken he's going too far something's not there i think i think he either lost the mojo or lost the groove he's going too far one way or the other way he's going way too he's far getting caught out of position yeah. a little bit it, it doesn't look like a mechanics thing it looks like a covering up for something yeah or or he could be in pain you know when you push off you can physically do it but if it hurts and it's making you wince you're gonna miss stuff yeah well it'll be interesting to see what happens but like i said earlier i think that the bruins are know that they want to create the storm tonight and not just weather the storm so mm-hmm. we'll see how it happens it's a big night we get the lottery tonight at 8 30 and then we get the bruins after that and it's um you know kind of a serious defining game in my opinion because if the if the hurricanes do win then they're back in the series and then if they could win game four it'll be all tied up two two and here we go yeah so, then it's then we're really off to the races we're off. here we go best of three so huge game it's a big huge game. game but you got to feel good after the last game oh yeah i yeah. mean at one point between the third period of game one and the first couple periods of game two they had out they had scored 10 straight goals against the canes without the canes scoring that just doesn't happen in playoff hockey Ever. It, I've never seen that happen. And you know what? This could this could just be kind of what we've been predicting for the Hurricanes all along. They've been overperforming, and they're a little bit banged up as well. We never could have predicted they've come, they would have come this far, and maybe the magic has just run out, and we are you know right in a grind of playing four best of sevens. A lot of things kind of kind of get worked out, and and the the true team there will eventually present itself but i do like what justin williams said after game two he said sometimes you just have to eat a poop sandwich <laughs> i like that that guy's so great the poop how, sandwich. how could you not love uh justin williams i don't love him right now <laughs> <laughs> he's the enemy right now so um how much how much heat is rod the bod brindamore gonna take if he doesn't put curtis mcelaney out there and he sticks by his guy peter Mrazek, and they just get shot down again a lot. I mean, but the problem is is that Carolina isn't a hockey hotbed. You know what I mean? In attendance, they were 29th in the league in attendance this year. Even with all the shenanigans they were doing with the storm surge stuff, they were close to last in attendance. It's there's only It seems like there's two guys who really cover the team total. So 
there's not a lot. I feel like there's not a lot of pressure down there like there would be in Boston or Pittsburgh or some of the other hockey hotbeds of the of the world. No matter, irregardless of everything else, they they've exceeded expectations. So, hmm. right? I mean, they've yeah. already exceeded where their seating and where anybody thought they would go. So, maybe. But I agree with you. In a, in, a, in a hockey town like Detroit or Boston or Chicago or Pittsburgh or New York, wherever, they'd, yeah, he'd be absolutely held held accountable. But in Carolina, I just don't know that they see it the same way. Or they would even know, right, to be upset about that. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, anything else about the NHL we want to touch on? I don't think so. I mean, I think we've covered it. So we got the the Sharks and Blues series tied up 1-1. Good, good games going on there. That's going to be a dogfight. I think it's going to go 7. And then I think after game 3 tonight, and this Bruins Kane series, we'll know if it's going to be a real quick one or if it's going to go a long way. All right, let's uh, move it along to baseball. baseball. All right, here's the uh, MLB Power 10 for this week. All right, so we have a new leader in the clubhouse this week. The Houston Astros have been slamming the shit out of the baseball lately, scoring double-digit runs in almost all their games lately. Springer and Bregman are on a tear, so the Astros are your new number one team for the week, moving up two spots. Number two team remains the Minnesota Twins. The surprising Twins stay at number two. Uh, Number three team this week is the Chicago Cubs. Cubs move up three spots behind their pitching and the hot Chris Bryant. Uh, number four is the Tampa Bay Rays, who fall three spots. Number five is the L.A. Dodgers, who fall one spot. And then number six is the Yankees, who move up a spot, uh, as they're still playing really well with their entire injured roster. Number seven is the Philadelphia Phillies, moving up a spot despite Harper's struggles. Number eight is the Milwaukee Brewers, who move up a spot. Number nine is the local nine, Boston Red Sox. They are new to the poll, finally. After winning 11 out of 13 games, um, they are seem to, seem to have righted the ship. They are 22-19, and 19, so they are the new number nine team in the poll, the Red Sox, their first appearance in the poll this year. Number 10, the Arizona Diamondbacks have fallen down a couple spots from 7 to 10. They're down three spots. So there is your MLB Power 10 for the week. Um, here's your hot players from the last two weeks. Your top ten hitters are George Springer and Alex Bregman from the Astros, number one and two. Uh, Charlie Blackman, Eugenio Suarez, Chris Bryant, Rafael Devers, Nolan Arenado, Josh Bell, Pittsburgh Pirate, Justin Turner, and then Yasiel Puig is number ten. And your top pitchers from the last two weeks are Hin Jin Ryu, almost pitched a no-hitter the other night for the Dodgers, Martin Perez, Lucas Giolito, Robbie Ray, Miles Michaelis of the Cardinals, and number six is Chris Sale, who seems to be back in his form. And that's it. That's your MLB Power 10 and your top players from the last two weeks. Beautiful. Sounds good. Nice to see that Bell is getting his hits and, and doing well. I, I would imagine we'll, uh, we'll have him out of Pittsburgh in the next uh <laughs> That's the way it goes, so. right? So. Yeah, he's really, like, he, his awareness of the strike zone has improved so much this year. And it's just, he's a, he's a switch hitter. And from both sides of the plate, he has commanded the plate. Did you see the home run into the what is what is the um the Allegheny the Allegheny the other night? Did you see it? The four hundred and eighty foot fucking bomb. It nice. was unbelievable how far he hit him. I think uh, Joey Gallo got to first base after a walk, and he was uh, feeling uh, Bell's biceps, and it's like not too bad. <laughs> you don't see a ball go that far. You know, sometimes you, occasionally you see a ball go into the Allegheny, but he just absolutely destroyed it and. Yeah, he's been raking lately, so yeah, you expect to see him get moved at some point. Yeah, <laughs> great. Did you see that um, John Daly is going to be using a cart for the PGA Championship? No, I did not. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, Long John Daly, uh, if, I imagine if he can stay sober enough to make the cut, uh, will be using a golf cart. That's okay. It's been approved. So uh, he said, quote, I hope I don't get a lot of grief from the fans. I'm uh, sure he will. <laughs> my, my knee is screwed. I had the meniscus cut out. I have osteoarthritis so bad. I can walk up a hill. I just can't walk down one. And uh, Tiger Woods was actually asked about it in uh, media availability. And Tiger kind of smirked and said, I walked with a broken leg. <laughs> so Yeah, he's going to catch some heat for this. <laughs> well, it's... Also, Expected. it's like, it's Uncle John, man. Just let it go. He, he's going to be, like, hitting the flask, you know, in the cart. 
<laughs> Anyways, so he's got to have some place to put it. All right. <laughs> we'll let him go. All right. Now, before we throw the ping pong balls, I saw something the other day. It's uh, from one of my Pittsburgh-centric sports uh, internet things. It says, uh, take a pill, choose wisely. Number one, bye-bye nutting. Number two, ten more years of prime Big Ben. Number three, bring back Flurry. Number four, fire Tomlin. Five, have dinner with Crosby. (laughs) Six, free parking at all home games. Seven, bring back three rivers. Eight, Devin Bush, Hall of Fame quality. Nine, season tickets, all three teams. Ten, Tom Wilson, banned forever. (laughs) Number 11, undo the Archer trade. And Mm, 12, Ryan Shazier plays again. So you can only choose one. I can only choose one. Yeah. Um, You're doing five. Five would be pretty fucking cool, having dinner with Sidney (laughs) Crosby. I I think, though... uh, Bring bring back Flurry would probably be mine. I love that guy so much. I know, and I th- I, I know, think it's made you a fan of two teams. <laughs> it really has. Um, God, I I'm not sure they would have taken Matt Murray. Really, I'm, I think we could have done more. I think we we could have given them something to not take Matt Murray. But what's done is done. It's done is done. Devin Bush Hall of Fame quality being a. Well, he's up. a Pittsburgh linebacker. I feel like it's almost in his destiny. <laughs> you know. All right. So just, um, I was thinking it'd be a fun exercise if we could come up with maybe five for New England fans. Dinner with Tom. Dinner with Tom. Yeah. Number two, dinner with Tom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say number two, like dinner with Larry. <laughs> yeah. Bye bye, Kyrie. Yeah, that might happen. Um, Free parking at all home games. Uh, would still apply. That yeah, of course that applies. I'm trying to think of like Pedro Martinez never signs with the Mets. I think he retires yeah. as a Red Sox. Johnny Damon doesn't go to the Yankees. Johnny Damon doesn't go to the Yankees. Same with Roger Clemens never leaves. That would be a good one. Who would be banned forever? Matt Cook for the Savard hit. That's a good one. Or or like Kurt Rambis from the Lakers in the eighties. Which trade would you undo? Well, I mean. This one goes way back, but they traded Kurt Schilling in 1991, before Kurt Schilling came back in 2004, for um, this guy named Larry Anderson. They traded Kurt Schilling away, and uh, that was a huge mistake because Kurt Schilling spent the most of his Hall of Fame-worthy years with the Phillies after that. Um, there was also a Jeff Bagwell trade. Jeff Bagwell is a Hall of Famer. He made a trade with the Astros. So to get like Bagwell or Schilling back for their entire career as a Red Sox, that would be nice. Hmm. Those are some bad ones for the Red Sox. Which player would you have play again that went out due to injury? Due to injury? Oh, I mean, or died? Or died, yeah. How about Len Bias? Yeah. Or then Reggie Lewis. Yeah. Also died. But yeah, Len Bias would have been nice to see because he was supposed to continue the 80s Celtics, moving Mm -hmm. them forward. But yeah, no, good exercise. Alright, cool. Like but yeah, I'm going with dinner with Tom. Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe you can get lucky afterwards. Exactly. Or he can get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys. Thanks for listening. You can find John on Twitter at Green Mountain Grinder. That's Green MT Grinder. Uh, on the Twitter scape. You can also find the podcast on Facebook at Green Mountain Sports, on Instagram at Green Mountain Sports, and yeah. All right. Enjoy the ping pong balls tonight.